Hello, and welcome to this latest edition of the Talking Pharmacy podcast. My name is Richard Thomas, editor of Pharmacy Magazine, and coming up, I talk to the chair of the Pharmacy Law and Ethics Association, David Reisner, about the legal changes to the superintendent and responsible pharmacist roles that will soon be coming into effect. We consider what this means for how pharmacies operate in the UK. I started by asking David, how did we get to this point? We we got here most recently through the rebalancing board that was set up to look at medicines legislation, um, largely as uh, largely triggered by the prosecution of Elizabeth Lee and the suspended prison sentence that was imposed on her for a dispensing error. And when that rebalancing board was set up, it was asked to look also. Uh, at the roles of superintendent pharmacists uh, and responsible pharmacists. And the uh, proposals that the Department of Health and Social Care is going with now come out of the rebalancing board's recommendations. So let's have a look at the these um, the proposed legislative changes in in more detail, David. Let's look at the superintendent pharmacist first. So what are the changes to the role of the superintendent pharmacist as as outlined by this legislation? Well, the role of the superintendent pharmacist is historic. It goes back to the early years of the 1900s. Um, And superintendent pharmacists became part of pharmacy law um, after uh, a company that was alleged to have broken the law um, was prosecuted and the House of Lords, then the highest court in the land, said you can't prosecute a company for this offence, only an individual can be prosecuted. So the Parliament decided to create the role of a superintendent pharmacist who was an individual uh, who at that time uh, could be prosecuted. And things um, evolved from there so that the position by the time that the Medicines Act 1968 was passed, and these laws are uh, still all in the Medicines Act 1968, um, a a pharmacy that uh, wanted to run a business uh, was required to uh, meet a definition of lawfully conducting a retail pharmacy business. Uh, In the case of a company, and for superintendent pharmacists, we are really talking about um, companies and also uh, a few limited liability partnerships, uh, was required to have a superintendent pharmacist that was in charge uh, of the pharmacy business so far as concerns the retail sale and supply of medicines other than uh, general sale list medicines. Um, uh, That's one of the things that's going to change uh, so that with the proposed legislation now, the responsibilities of superintendent pharmacists will extend to all medicines, including those subject to general sale. And what other changes to the role of the superintendent pharmacist do the draft regulations outline? Well, in relation to superintendent pharmacists, uh, there are a couple of changes that are proposed. Uh, 
currently, uh, if a company has the word chemist in its name, and we can all think of one, um, for example, the superintendent has to be a member of the board of that company. Um, that uh, will uh, cease to be the case when the law is changed. I think one good reason for that is that it it is an anomaly. Um, if a if a company has the word pharmacy in its name, there's no requirement for the superintendent to be on the board. So this is uh, just a case of straightening out a, an anomaly. Um, potentially more importantly, the law currently requires the superintendent to be the superintendent only of one company. And that causes some logistical issues for uh, businesses um, that operate through more than one company, sometimes for historic reasons. You have a uh, what is essentially a group, they function under a single trading name, uh, but um, they are in the background owned by different companies. Uh, and so you have a pharmacy group that has to have more than one superintendent pharmacist. Uh, that uh, will change uh, when the law is altered so that a superintendent uh, can be the superintendent of more than one company. I think that's just a sensible, pragmatic change. What about the responsible pharmacist then, David? What What are the current legal responsibilities of the responsible pharmacist and, and what's going to change here? Well, responsible pharmacists uh, came into being uh, with a change to the Medicines Act uh, in 2008. Uh, up until that time, there was a requirement to have a pharmacist in personal control of individual pharmacy premises. Uh, and responsible pharmacists uh, now um, have to be at pharmacy premises um, in relation to the uh, sale or supply of all medicines. Um, and uh, as an important distinction currently between responsible pharmacists and superintendent pharmacists, responsible pharmacists were given a legal duty. Um, curiously, it looks curious now, superintendent pharmacists don't have any legal duties. They have professional duties, but they don't have any legal duties. Uh, and in 2008, when responsible pharmacists were introduced, they were given a legal duty uh, to be responsible for the safe uh, and effective uh, running of the premises where they were on duty. So is this about the clarification, really, then, of the roles of the superintendent pharmacist and the responsible pharmacist and, and a clear delineation between the two? It's partly that, but there, but there are also um, significant changes. So going along with the responsible pharmacist uh, duty to uh, run the premises safely and effectively, um, the responsible pharmacist currently has a duty to um, put arrangements in place 
um, establishing procedures for the safe and effective provision of pharmacy services. And that would, for example, include responsibility for SOPs at the premises. That will, that, that will, will change um, because um, in future, when the law is changed, it will be the superintendent pharmacist uh, that is responsible for putting procedures in place. And that makes sense because that's how um, pharmacies owned by companies tend to operate anyway. The superintendent pharmacist would be regarded as the person generally responsible for making sure that there are SOPs at every pharmacy owned by the company. And it wouldn't normally be the role of a, a, a responsible pharmacist to introduce the SOPs. So that that will uh, that will change, um, along with another change, which is to give superintendent pharmacists a legal duty for the first time. Uh, superintendent pharmacists um, will first of all legally be required to be the senior manager, a senior manager of the pharmacy business, the professional lead, if you like, and um, the superintendent pharmacist uh, will be responsible for putting systems in place uh, with a legal duty to ensure uh, the safe and effective uh, supply of all medicines. And I mentioned earlier that that uh, when we're talking about all medicines, that will now include medicine subject to general sale, which wasn't, hasn't been the position in the past, isn't the position currently. A key feature of these legislative changes is to remove some of the legal obligations from superintendent pharmacists and responsible pharmacists and to empower the regulators, the GPHC and Pharmaceutical Society of Northern Ireland, to make the rules and to publish the standards for pharmacy owners. It's a shift from legislation to regulation. So a big change here for the role of the regulators. What implications might this have? Well, I, I agree. I think potentially this is a very significant change. Um, it won't do away with all legal obligations because it will um, impose those overarching obligations on superintendents uh, to ensure the safe and effective running of the pharmacy business generally in the case of a company, uh, and responsible pharmacists will still be legally responsible for the safe and effective provision of medicines at the specific premises where they are working. But what will then change is that some of the nitty gritty aspects of a responsible pharmacist duties keeping records, maintaining a responsible pharmacist log, that kind of thing, um, those will cease to be legal obligations. And the regulations that were introduced in 2008 uh, will be abolished. And the responsibility for the professional requirements, and they will become professional requirements rather than legal ones, uh, will all go over to the GPHC and the Pharmaceutical Society of Northern Ireland. Now, um, that I think 
that has the potential for um, a real um, change and uncertainty as well. Because, for example, one of the important changes that was made in 2008 when the law created the role of responsible pharmacists who had to be at the particular pharmacy premises was that um, the responsible pharmacist could be absent from the premises for up to two hours uh, in a day. Uh, and that has continued at times to be controversial. But that um, ability to be absent for two hours a day is part of the regulations that will be abolished. So um, at this point, we have no idea how the GPHC will view the two hour absence uh, or any of the other specific provisions. And no doubt there will be some kind of consultation by the GPHC in the future um, and that consultation will um, tell us what the GPHC's own proposals are but as with all consultations by the time the consultation paper is published the body that is conducting the consultation will already have a fairly clear idea of the direction it wants to go in. And that's usually quite a long way um, down the road. Um, so we, we don't know, when we're dealing with a government department like the DHSC, they're a political organization, they are headed by uh, a minister, and um, it is possible to deal with ministers to lobby ministers and to say, look, these are changes which um, our sector needs or which our part of the sector needs. And this is why these are the issues leading to the department, for example, recognising that there's an issue and setting up, as it did, a rebalancing board to look into things. But with the GPHC, um, it's not so easy to get a view across to them or to lobby them or to engage in discussions because the GPHC is a, uh, a different type of body altogether. It's not uh, political. It is accountable, but it's uh, accountable, for example, um, to the Professional Standards Authority and... The Professional Standards Authority is largely interested in process and in fitness to practice. Uh, I doubt that the Professional Standards Authority is going to have a particular view about whether the responsible pharmacist should be allowed to be absent from the premises, and if so, for how long. So I think there's a lot to play for here. Uh, but it's also difficult to know uh, what pitch the game is going to be played on and what the rules of the game are going to be. Yes, indeed. And, um, well, a lot remains to be 
remains to be seen or clarified regarding those legislation changes, as you say, David. Um, I mean, one thing that, that struck me when the Department of Health announced the the consultation on these recommendations back in 2018, pre-pandemic, um, one of the standout um, proposals, which caused a lot of controversy at the time, was that the, the legislation giving the regulators the power to specify an exception to the general rule that a pharmacist can only be the responsible pharmacist for one pharmacy at a time. As I say, that proved controversial. And that legislation is 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 still due to come um, into force, isn't it? Well, yes. Again, it's one of the things that will be, um, so far as the details are concerned, it will be passed over to the GPHC. But... Um, you're right, the current legislation says the responsible pharmacist can only be responsible for one registered pharmacy. Um, and there has been a certain amount of lobbying, f- um, for example, from the pharmacy owners um, to relax that. And the uh, the department seems ready to at least allow relaxation to take place but the actual decision will be the decision of the GPHC to decide in what circumstances uh, the rule can be relaxed. Uh, At the moment uh, it has been difficult um, for some pharmacies to operate in this way because well, depending on your point of view, as this may be controversial, but the position of pharmacy owners uh, is that there is a shortage of pharmacists. And uh, although I know that pharmacist organisations don't necessarily accept that, we have seen pharmacies being closed because owners are saying they don't have enough pharmacists to cover all of their branches. Um, The type of situation that's been suggested uh, where some relaxation ought to be allowed would be, for example, uh, a case where uh, um, there's been a, a natural disaster and the road is flooded and they pharmacist uh, who's booked can't get to a the pharmacy where they're supposed to be working uh, and in order to keep that pharmacy open the suggestion is that the responsible pharmacist at another branch might cover both branches so that's the kind of thing that has been suggested I don't think that it's currently being suggested that a responsible pharmacist should routinely be able to be the responsible pharmacist for more than one pharmacy. What's your opinion then, David, from a a legal perspective about the changes? Are they sensible and, and progressive to you? I think the changes... Uh, make a a lot of sense. I think particularly um, 
making it clear that the superintendent pharmacist must be a senior manager of the pharmacy business uh, makes sense because it ensures that in principle the views of the superintendent pharmacist on professional matters uh, will not be overridden by non-pharmacist directors of the company. I think it also makes sense to make it clear that the superintendent pharmacist is responsible for systems uh, within the business uh, and for providing the SOPs uh, with the responsible pharmacist uh, having responsibility for the nuts and bolts of what happen at a particular branch because it's the responsible pharmacist who will be there on the spot at the sharp end if you like whereas the responsible pharmacist uh, may be uh, at some distance away and dealing um, with overarching matters rather than the nuts and bolts of patient care so i think those things uh, make a, a lot of sense uh, i think it also makes sense to um, devolve certain things to the GPHC. But I am concerned about um, devolving pretty much everything else to the GPHC because um, these are very broad issues that we're talking about. Um, Pharmacy matters are not only the concern of the GPHC and uh, pharmacy owners and the people who work in pharmacies. They're, they are of importance to uh, the British public. And so um, just as it were, um, the DHSC washing its hands of the details of how things will operate um, seems to me um, a, a step too far. Uh, my own view is that um, the DHSC's job is to um, at least give the headlines of um, pharmacy operations. After all, when the GPHC came into being in 2010, um, it repeatedly said we will publish standards and leave it to pharmacies to decide for themselves how they are going to meet those standards. But now I think we are at risk of seeing um, that philosophy being reversed because the DHSC is expecting the GPHC and PSNI to take a far more detailed um, approach to the way in which pharmacists and pharmacy professionals um, comply with the rules that they publish. Indeed, and... Uh... I guess finally, David, I wonder how these proposals or, or this new legislation will will land 
in the sector as a whole. And my memory of the the rebalancing board in 2018 was that, as you would expect, I suppose, employer organisations and employee organisations would take um, radically different views on these things. I wonder across the sector as a whole um, how these uh, the proposals will land. And in fact, I wonder what the impact will be on the way on pharmacies, on the way that pharmacies are run. I suppose we just have to wait and see how they pan out. I think that's right. I, I think, though, it's worth saying, Richard, that these have gone beyond the stage of proposals now because um, the the government has produced draft regulations um, which it intends to implement. So um, we... Um, we do know what the changes in the law will be. Yeah. Um, whereas before that, we had a a consultation, and where we've got to now is the the, the government's and DHSC's response to the consultation with revised draft regulations. Although really only. Um, one modest change from the original proposal. So um, this, it appears, is going to happen. I I see it as part of a pattern of change in uh, community pharmacy generally in in the operation of the law because, of course, we've got um, other important changes also due to happen. We... Uh, have had the hub and spoke consultation and we know that there is going to be a consultation on um, supervision Uh, and so the changes in the law in relation to superintendents and responsible pharmacists is really part of that overall picture Timing-wise, it will be interesting to see whether the uh, DHSC decides to implement the changes in everything all in one go. After all, it's responsible pharmacists who are um, who are responsible for supervision at pharmacy premises, uh, and the hub and spoke changes that are being proposed uh, also are significantly affected by whatever is done in relation to supervision. So uh, these changes certainly uh, combined with one another um, will show a a different legal landscape uh, when they are all implemented. My thanks there to David Reisner. Let us know what you think of the changes to the superintendent and responsible pharmacist roles. Get in touch via my Twitter feed or email richard.thomas at 1530.com. That's it for this week. All the Talking Pharmacy podcasts are available on the Pharmacy Magazine website or from your usual podcast provider. We'll be back next week. Until then, thanks very much for listening. (laughs) 